It's the Pinky the Pig Show. Okay, it's me, it's Pinky the Pig, and it's time for our show. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And I'm here with my excellent friend, Mildred the Cow, Moo Cow. Hi, Pinky. How's Pinky? I'm lovely, wonderful. How are you? I'm lovely, wonderful. So, Pinky, today I would like to speak about a gentleman who was born on this day in the year 1882. Oh, he goes back, okay. What's his name? His name was Robert Goddard. Oh, like the schools, the Goddard schools? No, um, actually, this gentleman, he was a scientist. Okay, just the same name. Right, and he was the first scientist, the first man to create a rocket. Oh, he built a rocket ship? Well, not a big rocket ship, um, smaller than himself, but he, he created in the year 1926 the very first liquid-fueled rocket. It could shoot straight up. Yeah, the rocket. Yeah, and it, it only went up for two seconds, and it went 41 feet high at 60 miles per hour. Well, that's a rocket ship? Well, it has to start somewhere, but he had it in his head ever since he was a little boy, and he got the inspiration when he was quite young, when he was climbing in a tr- in a tree, in a cherry tree. Ah, oh, well, he's got an imagination. Right, and he was perhaps the very first to come up with the whole concept that if you create a vacuum... Now, along with the thrust, this is what propels a rocket within the vacuum. And that whole concept is different from how an airplane works. You know, I mean, a rocket, it works in a vacuum. In a vacuum, there's nothing in there. It's all gone. Right. It doesn't need to push against the air in order to fly. Yeah, because... In a vacuum, you're not pushing the air away. There isn't any air. You take it out. You just remove it. It's void of anything. It's a vacuum. All right, and that's how primitive rockets started out. But they, people laughed at him. They, di- they didn't take him seriously, and they just didn't believe him. They, they made him out to be a fool. Oh, man. But... He believed in his himself and his theories, and he kept developing it, his theory, and he used his own money. And, you know, finally, finally, he was years and years later recognized, you know, for his genius. But they realized that because everyone else who finally tried to do this also realized that this is the only way to do it, and this is... This is what Robert Goddard said a long time ago. And so NASA, you know, it wasn't until 1969 that they named a a major space 
science laboratory after him to honor him. 1969, that's when we went to the moon. That's right, and he did this back in 1926, but it took a long, long time to accept his efforts. Yeah, but what a guy to have it inside him and just keep trying and trying. Right, and and when Goddard was told that rockets could never fly, he responded by saying, every vision is a joke until the first man accomplishes it. Once realized, it becomes commonplace. Yeah. And, I mean, this was a, a man who had a very difficult childhood. He wasn't really very healthy and as a child, and he was the only surviving child of his family. And, you know, he was born in hard times, but he became very educated and he was a teacher, professor, and a scientist, and an engineer, and a mathematician. Yeah, he showed them. He believed in himself, didn't he? Yes, he did. And he also said, It is difficult to say what is impossible, for the dream of yesterday is the hope of today and the reality of tomorrow. Yeah, he believed in what he was working on. He did. And he never gave up. Today, Robert Goddard is hailed for his research and experimentation with liquid-fueled rockets. But during his lifetime, his ideas were often rejected and mocked by his scientific peers who thought they were outrageous and impossible. Today, rockets and space travel don't seem far-fetched at all, due largely in part to the work of this scientist who worked against the feelings of the time. Yeah, he believed. And you know, Mildred, I was listening to Farmer Tommy and Robert. Robert was talking to Farmer Tommy, and he thinks, okay, now there, here, we, here we go, space travel. He was talking to his science friends, and they have a theory that, that the spaceships can levitate. They just lift up because, okay, they play a note, a vibration, a musical sound of a certain vibration, and then they play another vibration coming from another area, location. And then when they meet, the vibrations vibrate with each other and it creates levitation. And that's how they think that the spaceships lift up without any fuel and stuff, liquid fuel. Wow, well, there's there's a theory. Yeah. Hmm. Makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah, they're they're thinking outside of the box. Yeah, they are. They're thinking of the impossible dream. But we did that song, The Impossible Dream. Oh, okay, Pinky. Yes, yes, you did. Because that does kind of sound out there. It says, 
kind of an impossible dream to think that two vibrations of music notes would create levitation. Uh, Yaha. No laughing. No, I'm not laughing. Okay. You know, levitation, that's when something just lifts straight up. Uh, Yeah, well, here, I mean, is this impossible? We don't know. Gary John Bishop said, the impossible only becomes possible in the moment you believe it is. Yeah. And then you just keep trying to prove it. All right. No, that's where Herman Hess said, to achieve the possible, we must attempt the impossible again and again. Mm-hmm. And Robert H. Schuller, he said, I see the invisible. I believe the incredible. I attempt the impossible. Hmm. That's true belief. Yes. And we have one one more here from Dalai Lama who said, Be kind whenever possible. It is always possible. Ah, nice, nice. Okay, well, thank you, Robert Goddard, the father of modern rocketry for believing and trying and trying even though others didn't believe in you yes very brave and courageous man yeah he is full of courage yes okay mother we'll talk tomorrow okay okay i love you i love you